Russell, and this is VoiceOver Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? This episode is brought to you by Newton Media Group and Scott Allen. Stick around so you can know if you want to listen to that one. Today is May 16, 2022. In Scott Allen's book, Built for Stealth, you learn to create opportunity instead of waiting for it to happen. You build the path that you want to take instead of treading on the path already taken. You learn from failure instead of avoiding hard things. You get to decide who you want to be instead of someone else deciding who you should be. Optimize your life, develop into the person you're meant to be, and pivot toward mastery. Here's the chapter-by-chapter preview of Scott Allen's Built for Stealth. Breaking Through Obstacles, a four-step formula. History has demonstrated that the most notable winners usually encountered heartbreaking obstacles before they triumphed. They won because they refused to become discouraged by their defeats. B.C. Forbes Obstacles are barriers that stand between you and the fulfillment of your dreams. To get from where you are today to the place you desire to be in the not-too-distant future, you will have to face life's challenging roadblocks along the way. Most of these obstacles can be overcome with a few simple strategies. More difficult challenges require an advanced approach. This could be a shift in personal values, the adoption of new beliefs, or developing a deeper level of wisdom and mindfulness. In some cases, therapy is required to overcome issues that may be blocking you from reaching your goals. If you are serious about achieving your dreams and are willing to go to any lengths, you will endure difficulties in which courage and confidence is challenged, beliefs are questioned, and unresolved trauma is confronted. In this place of fear and uncertainty, you will have to face the most terrifying obstacle of all yourself. You must prepare yourself to dig in and push through the problems blocking your direct path to freedom. Only by facing obstacles will you be able to make progress. Unfortunately, many people falter as soon as they hit the first wall and realize there is no instant solution that can solve their problems. An obstacle is blocking your path and appears insurmountable. Unless you can find a way to get past this hurdle, you'll always be stuck by challenges that appear larger than you. When you find yourself at this crossroad, remember there is no problem or difficulty too complex that cannot be resolved. Your success in any situation is measured by your performance in working through problems. If there's a way to avoid dealing with a problem, your first instinct may be to disregard it, bury it, or try to pass it on to someone else. Either way, you will only seek to defeat yourself. That which you do not confront is unresolved. Even if it is resolved by someone else, this won't help you grow. You must take care of your own weeds in the garden. They're still your weeds, even if someone else pulls them out. When you pass the buck to someone else, instead of making a real effort to solve the situation, you end up disempowering yourself. You're doing the other person a favor by giving them the opportunity to solve what you passed on. There's nothing wrong with asking for help, but be intentional in conquering your own issues. 
Life's obstacles present an opportunity to strengthen yourself and become more confident as you defeat your own limitations. One of the greatest measures of successful people is their ability to transcend life's difficulties and overcome the roadblocks that threaten to hold them back. Successful people stand up to challenges that threaten their goals and dreams. External and Internal Obstacles Unless you try to do something beyond what you've already mastered, you will never grow. Ronald E. Osborne I've divided obstacles into two categories, external and internal. We largely create circumstances in our lives through our emotion, thought, action, interaction with people, and the quality of our relationships. The problems we create because of our direct influence are called internal obstacles. The other set of obstacles is external and, in most cases, has nothing to do with us directly. What it takes to win and master your greatest gifts. You were not born with gifts. You develop your gifts in this life and build the talent needed to turn your talent into dreams. Talent's not about being the best, the smartest in the room, or the luckiest in the right place at the right time. The definition of better talent, or a genius, is that person who goes the extra mile, does one more rep at the gym, runs another mile when the rest cross the finished mile. Michael Jordan was one of the best basketball players in the NBA. Many say he was gifted and talented, but that's not why he was the best. He was also first on the court and last to leave. There's risk in becoming great at what you do, but it's not what you think. The risk is in saying no to the expectations we are pressured to live by. If you have a 9-to-5 job, does that mean you can only work 9-to-5? If you make $40,000 a year, does that mean you can only earn this amount? If you're told, you'll never amount to anything, does that mean you have to believe it? By committing to pushing yourself beyond what the world is expecting, you develop a natural talent for being better because you're doing more, getting better, and stacking the odds in your favor. Nobody is born lucky. Yes, many are born with more, and many more are born with much less. But the circumstances do not define your future or limit you to what you can achieve. You can always create the circumstances and opportunity you want. When someone gets a lucky break in life, I want to know what actions this person took to make that opportunity show up in the first place. Never give up when the road gets difficult. It is in the moment of pain that you begin to grow. Muhammad Ali once said, I start counting the sit-ups when they begin to hurt. Instead of pushing yourself to your limits, push beyond the limits of your mind. When you're living life according to a set of parameters that says, I always put in X number of hours or reps, nothing is stopping you from doing one more, pushing another rep, or making 10 more calls than anybody else on the floor. You have the power to define your own limitations. And if you believe in your limits, they are yours. Strive for limitless, and you do the unimaginable. If someone tells you that's impossible, they're always right. But it's impossible for them, not for you. Most people give up on their dreams too soon. They try hard for a few years, and if they don't succeed, will bounce back to doing predictable actions.
predictable outcomes are comfortable. We don't fail like failures because we let go of those high expectations. There's less pressure, no stress. But the stress and pressure come later when you realize that you're approaching the end of your life with very little fulfillment. People will tell you to take it easy or stop pushing yourself too hard. It's not that they don't care. They would rather not see you struggle. But friends, the success is in the struggle. You can struggle now or struggle later. When you do what's expected, some people are less threatened or intimidated. You're treated differently when you do more and be better than the rest by pushing past the barriers holding you back. If there's a wall in front of you that says, break limitations here, in your mind, I want you to take a sledgehammer and knock down that wall. Your thoughts and beliefs are that mental sledgehammer. How to create purpose for your life. Six strategies for building purpose in your life. The first principle of ethical power is purpose. By purpose, I don't mean your objective or intention, something toward which you're always striving. Purpose is something bigger. It's the picture you have of yourself, the kind of person you want to be, or the kind of life you want to lead. Ken Blanchard 1. Forge an ironclad character Fortitude of character defines destiny and sets your fate on many levels. Strength of character opens up the endless roads of opportunity and experiences you encounter on the journey. Everything that happens to you stems from the force of character you impress upon the world. Character becomes the foundation for a life well lived. It defines you through the actions you take or fail to take, the values you choose to live by, and the attitude you project toward people and situations. Fate is determined not by chance or a predetermined path, but fortitude of character. It's a decision to dedicate yourself to the principle of constant and never-ending improvement. Each of us is born into this world with uniqueness of character. Nobody is like you. As spiritual beings born of a mission to discover the purpose of living, you're given the responsibility to care for the soul's character. There are no limits when it comes to creating yourself. The limits we face are self-imposed, and the levels of success or failure are determined by how well you're able to tend to the garden of the soul that is your character. It requires special care and obedience, love and appreciation to expand and grow. The garden of the soul, so to speak, requires regular maintenance and discipline so that it can function properly. If you neglect to pull out the weeds that fester in your mind, defects of character become the dominant force in your life. A character that is neglected breaks down over time. But if you have a vision of the person you desire to become, your subconscious will work to create the real you in the exact way that you desire. Be clear in the values you hold most sacred. Replace your weak habits with positive actions that build and create your life. Always be working on something new and exciting. Get excited about the person you have the potential of becoming instead of just settling for who you ended up as. If you are already totally happy with the way you are, reach out to others and help them. There's always room for improvement, 
no matter who you are. Even some of the greatest characters that ever walked this earth never stopped seeking the path to self-fulfillment. 2. Decide, commit, and take action. Strong decision-making, when combined with a commitment to a specific objective, is a valuable skill for acquiring success. Likewise, failing to make a decision and committing to a course of action puts you in a position of weakness. The reason for this is simple. If you fail to make clear-cut decisions, you place decision-making power in the hands of others. The inability to make swift, confident decisions is like handing over the keys to your new sports car and saying to someone, Here, this car is too much for me. You drive. The ability to make decisions that commit you to an objective puts you in the driver's seat of your life. Believe in yourself to make the right... Develop your obsession and do whatever it takes. If something is important enough, even if the odds are against you, you should still do it. Elon Musk Years ago, I awakened my obsession when I read Tony Robbins' amazing book, Awaken the Giant Within. I discovered the book by accident. Something told me to pick it up, and with the last 20 bucks I had, I walked out of that bookstore with a book that would change the course of my life. Within weeks, I was writing down my goals, practicing positive affirmations, and talking about success and the things that I was going to do. I turned my addiction for chaos into an addiction for learning. The more I discovered and implemented, the hungrier I became for knowledge and growth. I would write out my goals over and over, refining my mission and purpose. The more I did this, the more I recognized patterns. My obsession was awakening and telling me what to do next. I felt like I'd been a lost ship on the ocean in the middle of a storm, and suddenly there was light on land guiding me carefully toward safe shores. Within weeks, I uncovered my deep-seated dream of wanting to travel the world, learn a new language, and write books that would help people achieve success. I was obsessed with my dream. I started planning my escape. I decided that one year from that day, I was getting on an airplane and leaving my safety net of work, relationships, friends, and family to pursue an obsession with living a great life. At first, a lot of what-if questions came to my mind. What if I ran out of money after I started traveling? What if I failed and had to start all over again? What if? I realized that these questions were the wrong questions to ask because they only built fear. I started to ask how and what questions instead. How would I get to Thailand? What would I do first when I got there? I pinned up my vision board on my wall. I put up my goals, positivity quotes, and anything else I could find. I knew I had to start living the dream in my mind first before it became my reality. To build your no-punches-pulled approach to life, you need to develop an obsession for your dreams. You need to awaken and commit to it. Make yourself obsessed with your success. Make yourself obsessed with becoming your best. You can only be obsessed with something if you truly love it, whether it's a job, a target net worth number, a painting, a degree, a fitness goal, or a relationship. Only if you truly care about something will you persist against the odds. Remember, it should be you that's obsessed with your goal and not someone else influencing you.
With such obsession, success is certain. Learning from the heroes. Think of the most successful people in the world. I promise you, none of them got where they wanted to be without being obsessed with their dreams, visions, and goals. It's said that Muhammad Ali used to repeat, I'm the best, I'm the best, because he wanted to believe it himself first so that he could go out and beat the best. If you truly want to be all in and will stop at nothing, you need to light that fire within you that will help you crush everything that gets in your way. You must become your own champion and cheerleader before anyone else starts cheering you on. Michael Jordan is the best basketball player on the planet because he became obsessed with becoming the best and let nothing get in his way. Elon Musk is making history. The Six Habits of Self-Control To handle yourself, use your head. To handle others, use your heart. Donald Laird Your head, basically what you know and believe, your mind and heart, are your biggest assets. If you use them right, you become unstoppable. To do that successfully, you need to master the art of building self-control. So far, you've been doing very well, and this course will accelerate your learning even more once you learn the six phenomenal habits of self-control. Right now, let's dive in and optimize these habits. 1. Focus on one habit and behavior at a time. We discussed this strategy in an earlier section of the book. Why am I sharing it again? It's because when we try to discipline ourselves, we often get carried away by the process. While trying to do too much or become even better than before, we start to fill up our plate with so many tasks, activities, or various good ideas. That's when you're likely to force yourself to work on multiple habits at the same time. You may try to quit smoking, exercise daily, work 10 hours a day, increase your clientele, and beat procrastination all at the same time. You may manage to handle this for a couple of days, but your willpower will collapse soon because you're not in the habit of exerting too much pressure on yourself. You'll end up frustrated, burned out, and drift back to the old familiar habits that exist inside your comfort zone. That's why you must always start with one habit. Pick the area of your life you want to improve first. In that area, select any one improvement you wish to achieve. For example, if your health matters to you and currently diagnosed with diabetes type 2 are determined to control it, you could work on it. Create a meaningful goal based on the improvement you aspire to make. In this case, it could be, I want to control my diabetes and control my blood sugar level. Next, identify all the unhealthy habits you currently have pertinent to the improvement that you want. If your blood sugar level is exceedingly high, is it because you eat calorie-rich foods, because you don't walk, or because you're prone to chronic stress? There could be other reasons, too. Make a list of the habits you need to work on, so once you complete working on a habit, you work on the next one in line. Once you've identified the key areas that demand your attention, pick one habit you wish to break and replace it with a healthier one. Next, Create a habit change plan based on it, as taught earlier, and get to work. If you want to build a certain habit individually, not necessarily in place of an existing habit, identify the area, 
create a goal on it, make a plan of action, and start working on it right away. After completing a specific goal, revisit your list of habits and work your way up to another. 2. Create incremental goals. Incremental is an adjective that refers to an increase in something. Add this adjective to your goals to turn them into incremental goals. What are they? Well, they're extremely powerful and lend quite a helping hand to you when you embark on the journey to empower your self-control. I've mentioned a couple times earlier in the book how your willpower starts to drop unbearably low when you take on a goal as a whole. For example, if someone asks you to read a 600-page book, you'll likely go bonkers only thinking of it, let alone opening the first page. Imagine your brain going through the same problem when you make a public announcement to become sugar-free in two weeks, lose 30 pounds. Six steps to begin where you are. A year from now, you may wish you had started today. Karen Lamb. Most people fail to get anywhere with their goals because they fail to start anything. They sit and wait, getting stuck in too many details, leading to feelings of overwhelm. This brings fear of failure and stirs up memories of things you started in the past and gave up. You negotiate with your mind and decide, now is not the time. The excuses step in. You tell yourself, I'll wait until I'm financially stable. The conditions are better than they are now. My kids are older and I have more time. I feel more confident than I am now. These excuses hold you back and you never actually start anything. If you want to start, you must begin. If you write nothing down on the blank page, it stays blank until you put pen to paper. Write one word, just one. Then write another one. Make it a sentence. Sounds too simple? You just started something. You begin everything by taking that first step, no matter how easy it is. What are you waiting for? The perfect day to start the best weather conditions or that day when you're feeling your best and totally unbeatable? Conditions are subject to change. The best time to begin your life was yesterday. The next best time is now. No matter what your conditions are, rich or broke, sad or happy, ready or not, we are going to begin right now. Make your decision to stop waiting and start doing. Turn off the TV. Move into silence and prepare your mind for what's coming. It doesn't matter where you are at in your life right now, how much you failed or how hopeless your situation appears right now. No matter where you are, who you are, how much you failed in the past, you can start from where you're at. It's never too late to succeed or make tomorrow better than today and today better than yesterday. Procrastination is a fantasy that you can defeat with simple action tasks built into your routine. If procrastination is holding you back, and you're making excuses why you can't begin now, do the simplest thing imaginable. For years, I put off filling out an application form I had to get done. But I knew it was a long process, and I hate applications. So one day I asked myself, what is the simplest thing I can do to get this started? I wrote my name on the application, then the date. Within an hour, I'd completed most of it. I waited three years to do something that could have been done in less than an hour. Don't wait. You'll regret it.
Begin your journey with me today. As Mark Twain once said, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. So let's get started. Begin where you are with what you have right now with who you are. Getting started. Action steps. One, put together a plan. Plan your work and then work your plan. You have to know your destination before you set out on the journey or at the very least, know what direction you want to travel in. The plan you build is your blueprint for the future. Be sure to include all important concepts and make detailed steps for each part of the journey. Two, gather necessary information or resources. This is a powerful way to get started on your plan. Go to the internet, check out the yellow pages, or visit the library to collect any information you need that starts the momentum moving. Having knowledge. The 11 Traits of Epic Performers When you look at the long list of epic performers around the world, there's a definitive list of traits that sets them apart from mediocre results. But the illusion that most of us believe in is that epic performers, Jeff Bezos, Oprah Winfrey, Steven Spielberg, Steve Jobs, were born with a genius and gifts that you and I just don't have. Although genetics does play a role, it's not the deciding factor in who gets to perform at a level that stretches into the extraordinary. By modeling the traits of epic performance, you and I can level the playing field and create our own version of success. Here's a concise list of 11 traits that the world-class share when it comes to achieving dynamic results. And you can also achieve great results by adapting the best trait of dynamic performers. 1. Epic performers have clear, concise goals in line with their greatest passion. They know exactly what they want. This level of clarity on our goals is what drives us to take consistent action, no matter what the circumstances are. With your goals in clear sight and an actionable plan for how you'll get there, you can turn anything into a positive result with the implementation of an actionable plan. If you have a goal you can't stop thinking about, if it keeps you awake at night, then you need to act on it. Turn your obsession into reality by making it real. Tell people about your goal. You have to share this with people. Even if they don't act interested, they'll pay attention when the changes in your life become obvious. Instead of asking you, are you sure you should be doing this? People will start asking, how did you do that? What are you most passionate about? What is the one idea that occupies your thoughts continuously? How can you inject this passion into achieving your life's vision right now? 2. Epic performers have a concrete plan supported by actionable traits. Anyone, whether in business or sports, who has ever overcome any difficult obstacle or achieved a great accomplishment did so with a specific plan supported by a clear plan of action. You must be clear in your actions and intentions. You can have good intentions, but without following through, you'll only defeat yourself and eventually return to the same place you were before, stuck. These habits may include eating the right foods to get into better shape. If you're in the habit of eating junk food, but you know you need to change this, then adopt the habit of eating more fruits and vegetables. By implementing consistent habits, 
you can achieve your goal of losing weight and running a marathon or joining a triathlon. Begin with your goal and work out the actionable habits you need to make it a reality. High-level achievers, people who get their work done, are using this strategy to win. You cannot be defeated if you have a goal driven by intentional action. 3. Epic performers are people who can navigate through insurmountable obstacles along the way. There will always be something blocking you from moving ahead. These are the obstacles that define who we are. You'll learn what you're capable of when you can tackle any problem or challenge and find a solution to get around it. In any business or personal goal, you will be challenged to prove what you are capable of. This isn't something that should cause fear and hesitation. Rather, embrace the chance to be your best and show the world you are here to win. Do you ever see the six-step formula for breaking bad habits? Your habits play an important role in your success. We already know this, but the challenge comes in knowing which habits are good and which damage our lifestyle. Habits aren't good or bad unless they hold you back from achieving what you truly desire in your life. A system of negative habits may be defeating you in many ways, and they're not always so obvious. If it's something you've been doing for a long time, there's no doubt you get a reward or pleasure from your habits. Some of these habits could include watching TV just to numb out and escape, texting people you don't know just to avoid loneliness, eating junk food, worrying about things that might never happen, staying up too late, or procrastinating about everything. If you want better health, obviously eating excessive amounts of junk food or smoking would be categorized as bad habits. Charles Duhigg, best-selling author of The Power of Habit, said, The golden rule of habit change? You can't extinguish a bad habit. You can only change it. If we can't discern the good from the bad, we end up taking actions without thinking about what we're working for. When you climb the wrong ladder, it doesn't matter if you reach the top or not. This same principle applies to building better habits to put us on a more focused path. In my years of experience, I have seen people continue to perform poorly, not from lack of skill or knowledge, but because they had poor habits that set them up for failure. The problem is that we don't know what we don't know, and when it comes to habit formation, we don't know which habits are helping us and which are hurting us. Even sometimes when it feels like we're doing the right thing, that habit can be hurting our chances of getting ahead. Our passive habits make us afraid to take action. These habits are automatic, and we feed them repeatedly throughout the day without any conscious effort. Passive habits may include sleeping in late, because that's what you've always done, spending money you don't have when you're bored, watching TV for hours to avoid working, scrolling through social media feeds looking for something interesting to entertain you, eating junk food without any thought about how we will feel the next day. What bad habits can you replace with good ones? What is it you hope to achieve with this new arrangement? The Habits That Keep You Scared For years, I had several habits that kept me scared and trapped. Procrastination was at the top of the list. I was always in the habit of neglecting what needed to be done. For example, creating a life plan, a financial plan, or mapping out my goals were all things I wanted to accomplish, 
but whenever I thought about them, there was something more pressing to do. Procrastination, while it felt like I was in control because I could make the decision to do or not do something, was robbing me of the life I could have had. The habit of doing it later became destructive, and because I wasn't getting the things done that I should have been, I was always scared of the future. Will I be okay? What if I run out of money? What's going to happen to my life? When you develop the right habits, fear has no place in your life. To feel positive and enthusiastic about the future, we need structure and an organized plan, even if it's only a temporary one. Whenever I tried to act on my bad habits, they would lead back to more procrastination. Then I'd experience a deep sense of fear that had returned. Bad habits are those that hold you back from achieving the impossible. You'll never be great with mediocre habits. Right now, identify three bad habits you'd like. Seven ways for mastering failure. The psychological impact of failure has a powerful influence on the way you live out your life. It influences the work you do, the people you hang out with, the decisions you make or don't make, the opportunities you attract or don't attract, and the quality of life experiences that you have. Failure influences us in two ways. One, failure is a great learning curve. It's an educational experience, and you can implement your failings to do better the next time. Just as the salesperson keeps trying over and over to get that sale after hundreds of rejections, you turn failure into an ally, figure out an alternative approach, and pursue your goals relentlessly. 2. Failing scares you. At the very least, you're intimidated by the thought of failing. You play it safe and take small chances. Too small to have any significant impact. Failure makes you question your self-worth, level of skill, and shakes your confidence so much that it could take you months to recover after one incident. Failure brings about stress and leverages fear so badly that you become depressed and feel totally worthless, helpless, and ashamed. The Persuasive Power of Failing Failure is very persuasive. It affects your happiness, self-esteem, and confidence. One enormous loss could set you back for months, years, or decades. You might say, I'd rather never face that trial again, so I'm playing it safe from now on. The psychological impact of failing causes us to retreat to safer ground. Safety is a comfort zone that has its own dangers. You become weak when you close the door on future opportunities and rely on the stability of routine. The Psychological Impact of Failure Failing influences your life in many ways. Depending on the culture and environment you grow up in, the results can be devastatingly hard. You might try to please your parents, teachers, peers, your manager, or an institution that is deciding to hire you. Your life could hang in the balance if the person on the other end of the table is making a decision that could impact your future. The fear is real, and failing is real. But it is the courage you reveal by showing up to play the game that matters. For many years, I ran away from failure, and if I wasn't running from it, I was trying to create chaos that made my life fail with intention. This is what happens when your confidence, self-esteem, and purpose are out of alignment. You feel so down about yourself that your attitude says, whatever happens, happens. Just get it over with. 
This form of negativity influences the circumstances to turn against you. It breeds more failure and keeps the fear real. We all approach failing from either a negative or positive perspective. If I fail at something, it wasn't meant to be. If I succeed, I did something right. But win or lose, it doesn't matter. Stepping up to the bat, knowing that the pitcher is one of the best in the world and your chances of striking out are 9 out of 10, no matter the outcome, you showed up to play. Failure is not the negative event we've made it out to be. It's just the reverse. Failure is your best friend, and the positive power it has is truly amazing. Failure will never lie or betray you. It is only deceptive when you try to pretend it doesn't exist. Failing your way through life is the surest way to winning. The hard way is the only way for high-performance champions. Failure is your optimum growth tool. It is your weapon in the big game. The 7-Step Framework for Continuous Change The process of growth is never a straight line to success. There isn't any magic formula for it. Change is what happens when you take implemental action toward the things that aren't working in your life. By cutting away and detaching from what is harming us, resentment, false fears, self-doubt, and replacing these with positive actions and developing a truer sense of who we are, you feel a stronger sense of self-actualization. It is a reawakening of the parts of your life that have been dormant. That big piece of you that wasn't allowed to dream or feel now suddenly wants to take a lead role in your life. We have to allow it that chance to grow and develop into what it wants. I've made many changes in my life and have squared off against destructive behaviors that threaten to take everything away. But in this struggle, I learned the necessary elements one needs to win out. I've put the best of these steps in the rest of this free report. 7 Steps to Continuous Change 1. Be Responsible the single biggest obstacle and fault that I see again and again with people who can't change is the inability to claim responsibility. We've talked about this already, but I'll mention it again because of its importance. Without acknowledging our own role in this life, we'll struggle to feel responsible to do anything about it. Falling back on default behaviors will drive you back to the destructive, negative emotions of inferiority, shame, blame, and rejection. When this works against you, the victim mentality returns and you become trapped again. It adds to the frustration when you have to continually go back and restart everything. People give up because they get tired of the fight. While we can't avoid the struggle, we can make the journey less of an uphill battle by owning what we do. As for change, in his best-selling book, Awaken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins said, the belief that you and I must have if we're going to create a long-term change is that we're responsible for our own change, not anyone else. The world isn't going to change for you. Only you can change for yourself. By taking responsibility and really owning it, we can rapidly speed up the process from years to days to hours. Change can happen as quickly as you want it to, but we must be ready to surrender. 2. Be willing to fail. We're afraid to take chances on ourselves because we might fail. But without failing at the things we love to do, we cannot move forward. And if you aren't moving forward, you're still stuck. We covered the self-defeating failure mindset in Chapter 7, but to reinforce it here, a willingness to make errors is healthy. Over the years, 
we developed a rebellious attitude toward the critics in our lives when we failed. They let us know that it isn't okay to be average. They reminded us that failure is the equivalent of no good. The journey isn't a straight line. There are holes on the road, and we fall into these ruts all the time. But as they say, if you get knocked down, you can stay down or get back up again. Failing is nothing more than a lesson in life. It's a lesson that teaches resilience. Those who accept their mistakes by realizing, through self-actualization, that it's okay to fall back at times will become stronger than those who shrink from the challenge. The key isn't just to keep going, but to make a firm commitment to never give up. 3. Practice Self-Compassion We should be kind to ourselves, above all else. Understand that you're doing everything you can now to make yourself a better person, someone who has more compassion and is capable of over control distractions and manage shiny object syndrome. You are in a constant struggle to maintain control of your mind. One minute you're working on your number one priority. The next minute you're watching a cat video and you don't even like cats. In the beginning, when I became aware of my addiction to distraction, I created a habit to mark down how often I had a thought to go do something else. To give an example, I'm writing an article for this week's newsletter. It has to be done end of day because I send it out every Tuesday. It normally takes two to three hours to write this article, but before I started tracking my distractions, one article took me three days to complete. Three days! Why? Attention disorder. Another term to describe this is monkey mind. It's a Buddhist term, meaning unsettled, restless, capricious, whimsical, fanciful, inconstant, confused, indecisive, and uncontrollable. In other words, a monkey mind is highly prone to becoming distracted by anything and everything. I call this chasing rabbit trails. It's also a symptom of shiny object syndrome, SOS. Shiny object syndrome trains your mind to seek out a shiny object that distracts your attention. This could be a course, information, another book, or a social media ad. Meanwhile, as you pursue these things, you leave behind a trail of broken objects, aka unfinished tasks. As we looked at earlier, Completing your open loops must be your priority. You have to finish it. If it's an ongoing project, you must complete the one task within that project. But what do I do if I suddenly catch myself running down another path? You stop. Take a step back. Breathe. Task switching wears you down fast. Can you imagine what you'll accomplish with one hour of focused work on a specific task for the next 30 days? I can tell you what would happen. You'd finish that one thing you're focused on. There's no great mystery to unlock here. Most of your issues with procrastination stem from the impulse to run in a different direction to the course you should be taking. You're always in pursuit of the next best thing. You jump from idea to idea without clarity on what you need or want. You end up wasting time, money, and resources. Eventually, Shiny Object Syndrome, SOS, wears you down. The only thing worse than not having the right information or tools for the job is having too much information 
and too many tools. When you show up to build a house, you don't need five different hammers. Only one good hammer will do. SOS is a condition of the mind. It continues to win over your mind until you make that conscious effort to retrain your brain. The negative effects of SOS are inability to finish projects. When you get excited about a new project before your first one is complete, you may jump ship before you can see any meaningful results. Poorly planning your ideas and directives. People with SOS tend to focus on the thrill of pursuing a given strategy or making a specific change rather than the strategy or change itself. For example, they may love the idea of creating a new product and begin work on developing it, but have no long-term game plan on how to follow through on that idea. This leads to poor results from an underdeveloped execution and unrealized potential. Seven Ways to Retrain Your Brain Our thoughts have a direct influence on the way we live. Our quality of life can be traced back to the quality of our own thoughts. But how often do you find yourself trapped in a negative thought loop that just spins on forever? How much mental energy is spent on replaying the old tapes from your past and listening to the critical voices that feel like they're running the show? Eliminate negative thinking and take control of your thoughts. Just as a positive mindset fills you up with creative energy, your negative mindset and the negative thoughts that go with it deplete your mental and physical energy. You feel lethargic. You get headaches more frequently. You're less motivated to work, play, or interact with anyone. The core of your focus is on what you don't like, who you resent, what you don't have, and how bad life has turned out for you. Negative thinking is poison for your mind. Your mission? Eliminate this noise. But it isn't just your mind that is affected. Your physiology is influenced as well. Negative thoughts make you sick more often, and because you think you're depressed, you take medication. Only, instead of helping you to overcome the real core issues, you stay depressed and continue to live in a world of negativity. In most cases, it's not our environment that needs to change. It isn't the other people that have to shape up and treat you better. You don't have to hope for things to get better, because they won't. You make things better by deciding to transform your thoughts. Negative thoughts, just like positive ones, don't happen by pure chance. We create our own misery, just the same as we create our own happiness. Surprisingly, many people believe that happiness is what happens when things work out perfectly or when we finally get everything we want in life. Until then, we stay neutral or miserable, struggling through our days, hoping for the best. Negative thoughts thrive in this environment. Your negative persona is searching for a reason to exist. When you focus on what you don't have, how bad the economy is, or the bad situation you're in, you open the door for your negative thoughts to take over. Here's what S.J. Scott says about negative thoughts from his book, Declutter Your Mind, with Barry Davenport. Many people go through their entire lives victimized by their negative thoughts. They feel they have no control of what thoughts take up residence in their brains, and worse, they believe the voices in their heads that tell them the sky is falling. Though it may feel natural to allow your mind to wander into worry and despair, you're reinforcing negative thinking by not challenging it and by accepting your thoughts as your identity. But you have the power to recognize this tendency and change it by building the reframing habit. 
from now on. I want you to picture negative thoughts as intruders taking up space in your head. If they stay there, you'll continue to repeat past failures. Knock each of these intruders out of your mind as they pop up. If you don't do this, you'll fail to achieve your goals, and every action you take will feel like an uphill battle. Negative thinking is powerful, but remember, you are responsible for feeding into it. You create your own thoughts, good or bad. What happens when we build negative thoughts into our thought paradigm? The world becomes a dark, painful experience. For me, suffering is when I let the demons of negativity take over and run my emotions. When you're stuck in a negative frame of mind and you think there's no way out, you will stop looking for the exit. I don't know of anyone who purposefully wants to suffer, yet our negative thinking is just that, a form of self-destruction. For many people, we go through days and even weeks in which things are not going Five Steps to Leveraging Fear and Becoming Your Best We all want a better way to handle our fear and to live a fearless lifestyle. We all want better strategies for confronting the people, places, and things that challenge our confidence. Better yet, we want to take action when it's called for so we can become fearlessly confident and succeed in the areas of life that matter. The intentional action you take today decides the level of fear you have to live with. Fear is not that complex. It just looks that way when you're faced with a fearful situation and you don't have an effective or immediate solution that works. We feel afraid when our comfort zone is challenged. We feel afraid when we have a problem and lack the means to deal with it. We are afraid when our financial security is at risk. We may become terrified when failure is the necessary step to success. This is why I've created a simple five-step solution to living life to the max and becoming great in everything you do. If you're ready, action step number one, know your fear. We all have our areas of life where fear is the greatest. It could be at work, at home, social anxiety, or personal challenges. You can take a moment to identify with what scares you the most right now. Is there something you are procrastinating on doing? Do you avoid certain situations because you might be rejected? In what situations do you experience fear the most? By knowing how fear is impacting you in a specific area, this is where you can focus your energy to fight back. Identify the areas in your life where fear is controlling you. Do you fear losing something or someone? Is it the fear of taking on a new role that you might fail at? We can know our fear by understanding what drives it. Action step number two, let go of past mistakes and future expectations. Fear exists in two states, the past and the future. We're trapped in past memories of things we failed at. The past has all our dirty little secrets. Come on, you have at least one. The future holds everything we're afraid of happening, and most of it doesn't happen. If your mind is stuck in one place or the other, you'll create a fearful state for yourself. Staying in the present, focusing on what you can do today, is the best use of your time and energy. After all, your future is happening right now. The past is the result of how you are choosing to live right now. Both your past and future are the conditions created and being created in the now. 
We hold on to our past because we're obsessed with what we could have done differently. Should I have chosen door two instead of door three? Did I make the right decision? I approach this thinking with a simple affirmation. I let go of my regrets. I'm grateful for lessons that my past missteps have taught me. The future is a fearful place, full of our expectations. Will I get what I want? Will I fail and lose everything? What if? I handle this wildly spinning train of thought with a simple affirmation. I have every quality I need to become hugely successful in all future endeavors. Recommended read. Eckhart Tolle discusses this topic at great length in his inspiring book, The Power of Now. Action number three. Remind yourself, this is going to end someday. Life is short. We have just enough time to have a few laughs. Seven Tips for Handling Rejection Sensitivity One of the greatest illusions about rejection is that we convince ourselves we are being personally rejected, as if someone is doing something to us. But in fact, the rejection begins on the inside. This can be traced back to your inner critics, those old voices that tell you, you're no good, or why bother, you'll just fail anyway. When we reject ourselves first, we're sending a clear message to people. It's like putting the writing on the wall yourself. People can sense when someone is lacking confidence. If you walk into a bank to get a loan and you believe, even before you meet with the loan officer, that there's no way you'll get the loan, this feeling carries with you. Be aware of situations in which you're rejecting yourself before anyone else gets a chance to. Stop blaming external forces for failed results. Taking full responsibility for your life and current situation is a powerful character-building step. By taking charge, you take control. Deciding to stop blaming others for your unhappiness is taking a healthy approach to being responsible. This doesn't mean you have to forget what happened in the past, but you do have to move on from it. This can only happen when you choose to live life on your terms by making a firm decision and following through with action to create a positive and fulfilling future. You are giving yourself permission to be free. Nobody else will give that to you. Once you accept your life as it is and are willing to do whatever it takes to move forward, then you're ready to be responsible. Practice forgiveness, acceptance, and commit to moving forward. Don't stay stuck in one spot waiting for someone else to make it all better. When you wait for someone else to take charge, you lose the chance to make the situation better and the opportunity to heal yourself is gone. Take an opinion as a biased lack of knowledge. Everyone has an opinion. It's one of the ways we communicate our thoughts and emotions. We formulate opinions about each other based on what is said, actions taken, or differences in personality. If you struggle with rejection, then varying opinions can have a negative impact on your confidence. We take the opinions and judgments from others as a personal insult. If someone doesn't like the way you look or dress, or they don't like your attitude and the way you carry yourself, you may take this too personally. There are many details other people use to construct an opinion about you as a person. It's easy to believe everything you hear, especially if you are hypersensitive. Even though we can't stop the world from having opinions, we can choose how to accept it. 
Will you retaliate and come back with your own attack? Or will you take what is said as a biased remark based on lack of evidence? Besides, who really knows you better than yourself? Why should you take someone else's word as the only truth when you know it just isn't so? This works the other way, too. Your evaluation of another person is based on the same lack of information that others use to construct their opinions about you. You have two choices here. You can continue the negative cycle of labeling others just as they label you, or you can practice total acceptance as a strategy to build more empathy toward others. A lack of empathy is at the core of many social problems. When we buy into the opinions and criticisms of strangers, we believe what they decide is the truth about us, but it's not. Rarely are first opinions correct. Revisit your shame-based childhood. For most people, living in rejection has its roots in early childhood. You've just listened to voiceover work at Audiobook Sampler. Where do you listen? This is your host, Russell. You can catch us on your podcast player on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and Facebook. Check us out on our next episode in four days. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great one.